Good evening. Thank you for joining us for this time of devotion and prayer. I'd like to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. Hard to believe this is April the 7th, and God continues to bless us even through a very difficult time. I want to thank all of you who were able to be here in person this past Sunday on Easter. What a great day it was. Even though it wasn't our normal uh, Easter crowd, we had a great attendance at all three services, and it was great to see some of you for the first time back in person in over a year. And then it was great to see a lot of visiting friends as well, but thank you for making it such a special day. Thank you for those of you who were able to watch us. I hope and pray that God ministered to you and spoke to you through this very special season. But I'm grateful tonight to be able to share with you kind of a follow-up uh, over some of the things that we had talked about this past Sunday, if you were able to join us for worship. But there's a beautiful passage that Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And remember, Paul was writing this very young church at Thessalonica, applauding these early Christians for their faith in the Lord and to encourage them to stand firm in the face of persecution. He was really wanting them to grow in their faith in the Lord. He was prompting them to be holy and to be pure, to live pure and holy lives, to prepare for the coming of the Lord. And he was trying to correct some misunderstandings about the second coming of Christ and, and trying to encourage these believers to continue not only growing in the faith, but continue working and not to become idle. And I know that during this season, I talked about Sunday, how it's been easy to be stuck or stuck in a rut and to get discouraged or to grow uh, weary and trying to get through this difficult time. and But then Paul gives some very beautiful words that I hope will minister to you tonight and speak to you. Begin with verse 9 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Well, actually, I want to start with verse 1 and then I'm going to skip down to verse 9. He says in verse 1 of chapter 4, as for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. And then he lists some different sins that they needed to avoid, and you can read those verses 3 through 8, but then begin with verse 9. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more, to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business 
and work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and that you will not be dependent on anybody. Those are beautiful words. And he begins in verse 9 by saying, Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. I want to share a funny story with you. As I shared Sunday this past week, we got away for a few days at Lake Cumberland, spending time with my wife and children and her mom and dad, and they graciously allowed us to to come be on their boat as well as a friend of my son Isaiah's for their senior spring break. And it was funny, while there, the phone service is not very good, but one of our members sent me a text and uh, they were sending me a song by a Southern Gospel recording artist. Uh, He's a great pianist, has played for some of the Southern Gospel groups and has his own a beautiful voice and recording uh, many beautiful songs, but Gordon Moat is his name. And this church member, and I'm not sharing their name because I, I don't want to embarrass them, but they're the ones that said maybe I could use this as a joke, but they sent me a text with this song that Gordon Moat had recorded and The song was called Love, Love, Love. And then they shared in the text that they felt led to share that with me. And I believe I received that text on a Thursday. And after hearing the song, I thought it was beautiful. And as I shared, there's poor service, at least on my phone there at the lake. I jokingly have told people you have to go at one corner of the boat or right there on the corner of the dock, lift one leg up and have tinfoil in your in your hand. Remember how we used to have to do that with our TVs, the bunny ears and the Reynolds wrap? We've come a long way. But anyway, I tried to return the text sharing that it was a beautiful song and to thank them. But the text did not go through. And so I'd gotten home uh, for our Thursday night service. And then on Friday, uh, this church member sent back a text saying that they hope I did not misinterpret the message that they had sent. Well, the text that I had returned had not gone through. And so I had to respond that no, there was poor service at the boat and and uh, it was a beautiful song. And, but the reason they said, I hope you did not misinterpret the, the message is in this song, it talked about being Easter Sunday morning and the pastor who was known to, to preach long-winded sermons or long sermons had gotten up on Easter Sunday morning with everyone in their Sunday best and their Easter hats and bonnets and When the preacher stood up to preach, he simply said three words, love, love, love. And then he sat down and that made ladies on the front row upset and and people had had questioned, you know, why he did this and, and 
it was such a short sermon when everybody had gotten all dressed up and it wasn't worth the drive to come out there for such a short message. But the message was clear that for what God has done for us and the great love he has shown for us, we are to show others. So it was funny that this church member thought that they had maybe hurt my feelings or upset me because of some of the words in the song. But the fact of the matter was that my text did not go through when I had tried to return the text on Thursday. But when Paul wrote, and again, he's trying to disciple and to grow this very young church at Thessalonica, and he's trying to encourage them to stand firm and to be holy and to live a holy and pleasing life to God. And he says, as you've been taught by God to love each other, and uh, he urged them to do this more and more. And that's what we're called to do. Remember what Jesus said there in the upper room with his disciples. And we've shared this passage a lot out of John chapter 3, verses 34 and, and 35. After washing his disciples' feet, he said, A new command I give you, you should love one another as I have loved you. And he said, therefore, love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So it's so important for us to love one another as Christ has loved us. And I think the greatest way we can show the love of Christ certainly is by living a life that's holy and pleasing, representing God in a positive way. But I think one of the greatest ways we can show our love for others is by sharing our faith with others. If you watched or were here Sunday, I shared about the opportunity God gave me to witness to Isaiah's friend. And even though he did not accept Christ, those seeds were planted. And God calls us to be faithful to share his message. I also shared about Mary Magdalene, who shared that message with the disciples, that great news, I have seen the Lord, and we are to share with others. If we love our neighbor, if we love our family, if we love our friends, if we love our classmates, if we love our teammates, if we love those people that we spend time with, then we want to share the love of Christ with them. Because as I told Isaiah's friend, I want as many people to be in heaven as there possibly can be. And so we are to share our faith. And I challenged you uh, back before COVID and even during this season, remember we gave that challenge that the North American Mission Board sent out, who's your one in other words, who's the one person you're sharing Christ with or you're praying for them daily or you're trying to, to point them to Christ? I hope that you're doing that. During this pandemic, it's been easy for us to get discouraged or feel defeated or, or maybe like I've done some and maybe you've done it, we throw ourselves a pity party and we think about everything that we've been through. Many of us have lost loved ones, and some of you possibly have lost your jobs 
or maybe you've had um, challenging times trying to do your schooling at home with your children or not being able to have socialization with other family members or friends. It's been tough on all of us. And it's been easy for us as I've thought about some of the things here at the church and not being able to do some of the things we normally would do that I've kind of been upset and discouraged and thrown myself some pity parties. But then when I've thought about what we really should focus on, which is how blessed we are and to be thankful for our salvation and what God has done for us and how when we think of others, it takes the focus off of our own disappointment or our own discouragement. And I want to challenge you tonight that maybe you've been like I have some during this season where you've felt sorry for yourself or you've been upset at God or you've grown bitter or not liked how we've had to to practice these safety guidelines and and you've grown critical or negative. But if you would be thankful to God for sending Jesus to save us and that he rose from the grave and start focusing on others, it will change your whole heart and your perspective of things. So I want to challenge you tonight. If there's someone that you know is lost, that might be a family member, might be your spouse, it might be your child, it might be a coworker or a, again, a classmate or a teammate, would you share the love of Christ with them? And, and you don't have to have a memorized speech. You just tell them what God has done for you. That's how Mary Magdalene grew in the Lord. God had delivered her from seven devils or seven demons, even though we don't know what they were, they no doubt had affected her life. And then after she gave her life to Christ, she could not help but be grateful and share with others by following him, even through some difficult days, she couldn't help but follow him and praise him and love him for what he had done for her. We should do the same thing. We all can share what God has done for us, his mercy, his grace that he's shown us, and we should want to tell others. And so even if you don't have a lot of scriptures memorized, you can simply tell others what Jesus has done for you. And this will help you to get through this difficult season by just sharing your testimony. That's your story. And that's part of this Who's Your One, uh, this Who's Your One campaign that we can just tell others our story. In other words, our testimony, what God has done for, for us, he can do for them. But he went on to say, yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do this more and more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you. Had someone this week to say they were off social media because they were so upset by some of the things that were being posted or said, things that they don't always agree with. And yet, so they decided to uh, withdraw and to lead a, a quiet life. We can agree to disagree with people and still love them. But I told them I understood because it can be disheartening or discouraging 
when you uh, see people say some things that aren't always in line with what we believe in our faith or or how we believe in, in certain things of how things we think ought to be run in our country, but um, that we should mind our own business, work with our hands, and that's helping others. I was also reminded during this season, it was in 1997 where we had this great flood, and I know we've had another flood that's affected eastern Kentucky, and I know there have been teams going to try to help do some construction, and and I know that uh, Jeannie Mitchell uh, and Gary uh, had asked if there would be anyone interested in going to the Gap, that ministry we support to contact them as far as helping do some work. But I remember in 1997, when this great flood impacted certainly uh, Central Kentucky, Franklin County, and and I remember uh, I was going through kind of a difficult time and I was uh, hurting in a lot of different areas of my life, wondering what God had in store for me. And and as you all have heard me share, I was kind of throwing myself a pity party. And, and uh, finally, through God's grace and his power, I was able to to come out of that season. But you know what I began to do? I stopped thinking about myself and woe is me. And I was able to to try to go help some people who had their home flooded and uh, they had lost a lot of their possessions. And I helped move furniture out and rip a wet, heavy carpet from their flooring and, and tried to help some folks rebound from that very difficult time. And, and what I found when I was helping others it took the focus off my problems and my pain, and I was showing the love of Christ to others who were going through a difficult time. And And I think this flood of this pandemic and this coronavirus, it's been easy for us to say, woe is me, and to feel sorry for ourselves and to be angry or upset, but it's very therapeutic and it's God's word that we would love one another and to help others during our pain or our suffering. And it will take some of that uh, constant uh, woe is me attitude away from us. So I challenge you tonight to think about who you can share Christ or maybe go help a senior adult or, or go to Eastern Kentucky and help someone that's a lot less fortunate than we are. But it said, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands, helping others, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you will not be dependent on anybody. One of the things that I didn't share on Sunday when when I had witnessed to this young man, a friend of my son's, as I instructed my other children, my daughters, that we did not need to have any arguments or disagreements because I wanted our witness to be positive for this young man. I didn't want to share the love of Christ with him and then him not 
be receptive because he heard us arguing or fighting or or saying a harsh word or or not being a good witness and so if we want the respect of outsiders in other words people that aren't believers then we need to represent christ in a positive light whether it's on social media or the way we conduct ourselves at work or among our friends at school or on the team because they're not going to want to come to Christ if they hear us spouting out bad language or putting down people or being critical or being negative or making fun of. I mean, we've got to be a positive witness so that they will be drawn to Christ and his love. And we know that Jesus gave the two greatest commandments in Mark 12, 30 and 31, when he was asked out of all of his commandments, what is the most important or the greatest? And Jesus said, the most important one or greatest one is this, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. So I pray tonight that through this passage, after coming off a wonderful day like Easter, that we would be challenged to continue to show that love, that resurrection power. And God gives us the power to share our faith. I mean, if you want a scripture, John 3, 16, you can share with someone. Or you can go down the Roman road of Romans 3, 23 and Romans 5, 8 and Romans 6, 23. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Romans 10, 13. You can walk them down that Roman road, but the main way is just by sharing your story and by modeling what it means to be a committed follower of Christ, that we're trying to live to please God, to live a holy life. That's the best testimony by how we live our lives and how we treat people and how we talk. Our actions speak the loudest and clearest message. So uh, I hope that tonight you will be challenged to love, love, love. And uh, you can listen to that song if you've not heard it, but it's a beautiful song. And uh, I'm so grateful again for this church. And I'm excited for what God has brought us through and for what he still has up ahead for us. We're going to get through this with God's help and his power and his grace. And I hope we're all going to be stronger and better from it, even though we've experienced tremendous loss. But tonight I want to have a time of prayer before we close. You should be receiving the prayer list uh, this afternoon and or should have received it. Please remember all these requests. We've had folks... You heard me share Sunday that have lost loved ones, uh, Lenoma Daly and the loss of her husband, Jim, and Tom Coots and the loss of his mother, and, and then Mallory Toothacre and Mark and the loss of Mallory's dad. So we want to remember them and so many others maybe, and those of you that are recovering from surgeries, we've had several church members who are recovering from procedures or surgeries continuing continuing to rehabilitate now and, and maybe getting therapy, but let's pray for all these folks tonight.
Father, thank you for Easter. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the hope we have in Christ. And God, how could we ever thank you enough for the great love you have shown us for your mercy and grace. And God, we give you all praise and glory for a great Easter. Father, for the three wonderful services, for the beautiful music, for all of those who were ushers and greeters and, and all of our musicians and all those who worked in the sound booth and ran cameras and the screen and, and our sound. And Father, for our children's workers and volunteers and, and Father, for the staff. Father, it was a glorious day. It was so great to see folks back in your house, some for the first time in over a year and for the guests that we had, Lord, I pray they'll come back. Father, as we continue to worship and as we try to continue to do things as safely as possible while also trying to, Father, get things opened up more, we just love you. And tonight, Father, we lift up all these on our prayer list. We pray, God, for all those who have lost loved ones, wrap your arms around them and comfort them, Lord, and may they feel your comfort and your strength. And may they know how much we love them and that they're not alone. And Father, be with those recovering from surgeries. Surgeries, we have some folks that I know are in pain. I pray for healing God in their bodies and for those recovering, rehabilitating from sickness or illness or surgery bring healing to them and their families father i just pray for continued blessings upon our country for unity and healing for this church and all the churches that continue to minister we pray for continued move of your spirit and lord that we would see great revival and spiritual awakening and People would repent from their old ways and turn to you and experience newness of life as we've experienced the resurrection. I pray, God, that we would be faithful right now to think about that one or two we can share Christ with, not in a judgmental, holier-than-thou-I'm-better-in-you way, but in a humble, sincere, caring, loving way to say, because we love you, we want you to be in heaven one day and we can just share our story about what you've done. And, and in doing that, Father, I think we'll begin to, to feel uplifted and we won't throw ourselves a pity party and think about all the sacrifice and all the bad we've gone through, but we would begin to see that we have someone to live for and a purpose as a follower of Christ, to share our faith with others. So may we be bold to do that, Father. And I challenge, Father, our folks to do that. Give us the boldness to share and invite people to church and invite people to watch online and invite lost people to find the same love that we have in Christ. So, Father, bless each one tonight and bless their families Keep everyone healthy, bring healing. Father, bring your love, and may we again be willing to go fulfill that great commission and share the love of Christ with the world where people need you and your love and your grace. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor 
Father, for the victories, for the harvest, we trust you to bring. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I want to thank you so much for worshiping with us tonight. I hope and pray that you've been encouraged and challenged to love, love, love as God has loved us. I'm thankful tonight that two of our fine members, a, a father and his daughter, John and Ellie Baker, are going to be closing us with a beautiful song. And I want to thank them for sharing their gifts and talents with us and bringing glory to the Lord. I pray that I will see you real soon, maybe this Sunday, whether in person or virtually. And don't forget how much God loves you, and we love you too. Have a wonderful evening. God bless you.
whatever happens, whatever you see, whatever your eyes tell you has become of me. But this is not, it's not the end. Yeah.